Why on earth would Zacchaeus climb a sycamore tree? That was the overriding thought I had as I reflected on this gospel. Now you might be thinking that's not really much of a question. The gospel tells us why he did it. He was short and couldn't see because of the crowd. He wanted to see Jesus, so he climbs a sycamore tree. Fair enough, that's true. But let's think about this. Zacchaeus, we're, we're told a few details about him, right? He's short, he's wealthy, and he's the chief tax collector of Jericho, an important ancient city near the River Jordan. So that means, in addition to being wealthy, he's powerful, and he's despised. He's deeply unpopular. Tax collectors were despised by the Jews as cheats and thieves and traitors to God and country, and that assessment was often correct. That's true of just your run-of-the-mill tax collector. We can assume even more so of a chief tax collector. And so you have this deeply unpopular man who climbs up a tree. What's that going to do? It's going to open him up to ridicule. Surely there were people he had cheated in the crowd or knew people who he had cheated, and they would take this opportunity to mock and ridicule and heckle him. Here's what I'm getting at. It had to be more than mere curiosity that motivated Zacchaeus to climb that sycamore tree. He couldn't have simply wanted to just satisfy this run-of-the-mill curiosity. Now, look, God only knows what was going on in Zacchaeus' heart, but perhaps in a moment of grace, Zacchaeus took an honest look at himself and saw that he had become a wicked man saw that he had accumulated sin along with his wealth and realized the gravity of that sin. But in this moment of grace, he also found hope. He realizes something tells him that even a sinner like Zacchaeus can find hope in Jesus. And so when he hears that our Lord is passing through, he resolves to go see him. He And he does see Jesus. And more than that, Jesus stays in his house. He repents of his sin. He promises to make restitution, to do what he can to try and make it right. And then Jesus tells to him, says to him, salvation has come to your house. This man too is the son of Abraham. We can only imagine the relief and the peace that washed over Zacchaeus as a lifetime of sin is wiped away by the mercy of God. The story of Zacchaeus' conversion is a beautiful one. It shows the tremendous mercy of God. But I'm stuck on that sycamore tree and the ridicule Zacchaeus undoubtedly endured. Why? Because there's always more to Scripture than meets the eye. That's true here as it is in any passage. Many commentators have seen in Zacchaeus' small stature a uh, spirit that spiritually signifies our soul. His Smallness of stature signifies our soul wounded by sin and unable to see Jesus, right? It was his short stature that kept him from seeing Jesus because of the crowd. It is our sins that are the obstacle to us seeing Jesus. Thankfully, there is a sycamore tree. Fathers have seen this as spiritually signifying the cross. Just as Zacchaeus climbing the sycamore tree, he overcomes his shortness of stature, to see Jesus. 
So it is the cross of Christ which enables us to see Jesus despite our sins. Just as Zacchaeus would have looked foolish and been ridiculed for climbing the sycamore tree, the world sees the cross as foolishness, stupidity, mocking the faithful for worshiping a crucified God. Yet while the world mocks the cross of Christ, the faithful know the truth, that the cross is the power and the wisdom of God, which alone can save us and set us free, which enables us to see Jesus, as the sycamore tree enabled Zacchaeus to see our Lord. Now maybe you're thinking, all right, I get how the sycamore tree helped Zacchaeus to see Jesus. How does the cross help us to see him? Well, remember, sin, both personal sin and original sin, is the obstacle to us seeing and knowing Jesus. With that in mind, it was on the cross that Christ superabundantly atoned for our sins. He wins this victory over sin, death, and the devil, and the grace that makes us his adopted sons and daughters. And he so willed that the ordinary way this grace is applied to our souls is in the sacraments he entrusted to his church. It is by the sacraments that we can imitate Zacchaeus and climb the cross, so to speak. It's by the sacraments that we can ascend and see Jesus and much more than that. For example, holy baptism, right? Sacrament of baptism. When we are baptized, we are baptized into the death and resurrection of Christ. We are baptized into the cross, so to speak. And after we emerge from the water of baptisms, God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwells in our hearts and soul. Zacchaeus ascended the sycamore tree and Christ came into his house. When we climb the cross, so to speak, in baptism, he comes into, God comes into our very heart and soul. Think of the Eucharist, the Mass. All seven sacraments in some way apply uh, the grace Christ won for us on Calvary to our soul. But the Eucharist in Mass is Calvary, Right? The world looks at the Mass and sees a human ritual and a boring one at that. But our faith supplies where our senses fail. So it's our faith that shows us that the Mass and the celebration of the Eucharist is the mystical presentation again of Christ's sacrifice on the cross on Calvary in an unbloodied manner, in an invisible manner, so that we can participate in it. When we attend Mass, we are participating in that one sacrifice. We are Climbing the cross, so to speak, as Zacchaeus climbed the sycamore tree. And then, when the priest holds up the chalice and the broken host and says, Behold the Lamb of God, as Zacchaeus, once at the top of the sycamore tree, could see Jesus, so we see Jesus in the Eucharist, really, truly, substantially present, body, blood, soul, and divinity under the appearance of bread and wine. But like Zacchaeus, we are rewarded not just with seeing him, Right? Zacchaeus welcomed Christ into his home as his house guest for a short period of time. In the Eucharist, we welcome Jesus not into our house, but again into our hearts and souls. We become temporary tabernacles for a few moments after we have received Holy Communion. Or we could think of confession. Sin post-baptism, it reduces us to a short stature, especially grave sin, right? To where we can't see or know Jesus, but we don't need to despair. We can go to this sacrament of reconciliation. Like Zacchaeus, admit our faults, repent of them, promise to make restitution, seek to do better and to make amends. 
as we are able. And then salvation comes to our house, the victory of the cross is applied to our life anew, and we are set free. And Zacchaeus had a lifetime of cheating and stealing and collaborating with the injustices the Roman Empire inflicted on his own people. And they were wiped away in one moment with Jesus of repenting. The same happens in confession, right? It doesn't matter what we may have done, doesn't matter how often we may have done it. No sin is stronger than God's mercy. No number of sins is beyond his power to forgive. When the priest absolves us, it is Christ who is freeing us, forgiving us of those sins through the instrument of his priest as he forgave Zacchaeus's, and salvation comes to our house. All because of the cross of Jesus Christ. The world may and does mock the cross as foolishness, as the crowd mocked Zacchaeus ascending the sycamore tree. But as Zacchaeus ignored the hecklers and grasped the sycamore tree and was able to see Jesus and more, so let us cling to the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ in prayer and especially by frequenting the sacraments with devotion. For it is the cross of Jesus Christ that saves us and sets us free.